everyone. Uh, this is Bobby from Naba Metro DC, and this is Accounting for Us, a podcast tailored for navigating corporate America as a black professional. Um, now, today we're going to touch on uh, the virtual working world and, and how all, all of us have kind of had to uh, transition to a new form of corporate America. Um, and so today we're going to basically touch on um, best practices for navigating this this virtual corporate America. And today we have two <clears throat> amazing Napa Metro DC members, um, our SMS co-directors, uh, SMS standing for Student Member Services. Uh, we have Jessica and Cassandra. Uh, would you ladies like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I guess I'll go in first. Uh, I, we're excited to be here. Uh, my name is Jessica Constant, and I am currently serving as the uh, fiscal year 2021 co-director of Student Member Services. Um, I am currently employed at Wells Fargo um, in a compliance role. Um, but outside of that, I have been a longtime NABA member. I've been in NABA since about 2006. Um, and I founded a student chapter in New York and then served um, on the New York SMS uh, committee for a while before moving down to Metro DC. And so um, I'm really excited. I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation and, you know, we'll go from there. Nice. Yes. And hello, my name is Cassandra Toole. I am an employee with Cotton and Company. I am currently the senior auditor there. Um, and I've been to several schools. So I went to Hampton University, the real HU. Don't at me, just accept it. Um, where I obtained my bachelor's in accounting and I obtained my master's at the University of Maryland College Park, Go Turfs. Um, I've been with NABA for over 15 years where I began as a student member and now I am the co-director and liaison for University of Maryland College Park. Nice, nice. And I guess I forgot. You didn't have to brag like that. Right? <laughs> None of us like that. Jesus. Um, and I, I guess I forgot to mention myself, uh, Bobby, uh, Chungong, uh, second, um, VP for the NABA Metro DC chapter. Um, I've been with NABA, I've been involved with NABA for maybe six, seven plus years now. Um, starting as a student at university, the university of Maryland, uh, college park where I was a chapter president there. And then I've been a member of the, uh, the NABA Metro DC board, serving in a bunch of different roles from like director of core partnership, director of membership, and then now in the VP space. Um, so yes, <clears throat> uh, virtual corporate America. I think one thing we'd want to touch on is the fact that, you know, as the, the economy's kind of recovering and, and some industries, not so much while others are, are either uh, building back up or still, you know, going strong. Um, there are still jobs out there that are hiring. Um, I, I've seen a bunch more so maybe in the tech, technology space, but there are definitely some within the accounting profession, whether it be finance, accounting. I personally know some people who have um, found some new opportunities, um, either by choice or by circumstance. You know, unfortunately, some companies have been enduring you know layoffs, but I've seen some people be able to bounce back. Um, but I think the beginning process of that is interviews. And so now that we know that you know um, there are opportunities out there, and I hope everyone's taking advantage of NABA to find them or uh, take advantage of them. Um, I know interviewing is no longer an in-person thing. You know, typically we're used to interviews. Uh, you get your suit and tie. You go to the, you know, <clears throat> go to set office usually fifteen or thirty, you know, thirty minutes before. Um, and you know, you get that. Now we're in a virtual space. 
Um, so I, I guess I'd like for you ladies to kind of touch on what's kind of changed, you know, how, how virtual interviews are being conducted and uh, what's some advice you'd give for people to prepare for those interviews? You know, I think that's a really good question. Um, and But before we like really, really go deep into the virtual interviews, one of the things that I think that both of us would like to encourage is that our students, you know, actively look at what companies are still hiring, right? Because um, you might have a skill that um, maybe it isn't the first initial thing that you may think is what is needed or, or based on where you thought your career was going, it might not be um, exactly the first uh, position that you would have thought to apply for. But, I, and I think we've, we've tried to encourage some of our students to say, don't look at what it is today, right? You want to still try to get your foot in the door and then learn those transferable skills that you can then utilize to navigate to a position that you are um, really interested in or where you really see yourself. Um, So, yeah, so definitely making sure that you're still looking at your companies, you're still, you talked about technology companies, I always say banking as well, Um, and I don't know if Cassandra has any other recommendations as to where to look. but definitely look at those companies and then we'll, and then, you know, figure out how you can get in and, and then navigate from there. I agree. I agree. I strongly encourage each student to update your LinkedIn profile. And the reason why I say this is because I've received a lot of in, um, LinkedIn messages in my inbox as it relates to hiring. If you have your updated positions, if you have contacts related to what you've done in those roles, a lot of recruiters are actually looking for that. And the only way recruiters know that you're looking is if you update your settings in your LinkedIn and you click I am looking. And then they'll rapidly start um, contacting you because you will now be in their search engine. So I highly encourage you, you place a professional photo in your, um, your LinkedIn profile, keep it up to date and speak to your network. We here in NABA, we have a large network. Um, outside of the organization as well. So just keep having those conversations with, with us and I promise you, you'll get a position because people are looking because the world is changing. Right. Nice. So then if we get to the question that Bobby actually asked from a virtual interviewing standpoint, so it's so funny. I remember we had a, um, and hopefully some of the students that are listening to this podcast remember um, that we had our, I think it was spring officers training at BDO. Um, uh, last, yeah. what was that? February? Um, so February 20, no, February 20. Yes. February 20. Wow. It seems so long ago. <laughs> COVID. I blame COVID. COVID. My <laughs> goodness. Um, but one of the things that the recruiters at BDO, um, taught was talking about was essentially how their first round interviews were virtual, right? Where, um, you have a uh, program, whatever the program is, that um, will, you know, prompts a couple of questions and you have to go in and record yourself answering those questions. So in some instance, um, many companies have already uh, taken to the virtual interview setting to conduct their first round interviews. What we're seeing now is that um, your entire process is now virtual, including your onboarding process, right? And including your work setup and everything else because ain't nobody going to the office. Um, So 
it is, um, and I think the question was, uh, what are some of the changes between our virtual interviews versus those in-person interviews? And I think for the most part, the interviews, and, and please jump in and correct me and, 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 and you know, interrupt me if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm saying this incorrectly, but um, for the most part, the interviews themselves, the content of the interviews are the same, right? The only difference is that you aren't in person. Right. And so the same way that you would prepare for an in-person interview is the same way that you would prepare for a virtual interview. You want to make sure you understand the company, the position that you're applying for. Um, You want to make sure you have your questions together and you've prepped the questions that you think that they will ask based on, you know, those those, you know, interview questions that we all know. Um, And then you smile and try to virtually connect. Um, the only big difference I would say is that you now have a technological aspect involved that you need to, you know, test your camera, your lighting, your microphone, so on and so forth. But other than that, I don't think there's any significant difference between your virtual interviews and your in-person. Right. I agree. I think think that's true. I think the energy that you bring to your interview and the um, enthusiasm, the knowledge that you bring in terms of knowing who you're interviewing or the company definitely still stands in. As mentioned, the technology is kind of the, the nuance here, obviously making your audio video work, but then also good Wi-Fi. And I, I'd like to think that, you know, mm-hmm. if the poor Wi-Fi shouldn't necessarily hinder you from or, or put a bad tone in your interviewer's mouth, but you just want to make sure that nothing happens, you know, nothing fluke happens that could interrupt the flow, one. And then two, you know, it's one thing to get dressed um, for an in-person interview while, you know, definitely making sure you're, you're still dressed, uh, dressed apart. For and I mean fully dressed apart because I think we've seen pictures of people dressed from the waist up, um, and not from the waist down. And so if something cr- ridiculous happens that you have to get up out of your chair, then okay. then you know it's not it's not necessarily the, it's not necessarily the best best time in the interview. So you want to make sure that you're fully um, dressed apart in case for whatever reason you have to get up. And obviously the location. Physical interviews, the location is is um, set for you. It's a you know it's an isolated location with you and your interviewer. Whereas here, you need to make sure that on your end, your environment is distraction free. Um, whether that's with people, whether that's with your background, TV noises, you know your phone, or anything that might be distracting you from facing your camera, or in this case, the person. Um, th- those I think are smaller nuances as well um, in regards to the virtual interview. Yes, I agree, especially with um, the entire background, your scenery. If you can, just find a wall that has no pictures or anything like that. Great. But if you do, if you have like maybe a, a, a cool painting or anything like that to have drive conversation during the interview, that would be great just to add a little bit of personality. Another thing that I would say as it relates to dress, dress with a smile. I mean, you know you're not going to be fun in person. Yes, you may be nervous and things of that nature, but still continue to have that smile during the conversation. And, you know, that that will help boost you in a sense because you feel it, mm-hmm. you know, talk with a smile Absolutely. as well. You know, you don't want to have a smile and then you sound angry. Oh, okay, you, you're a little, you're a little bipolar, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, that's real. But also have headphones because you back... Because a computer can pick up everything from yeah. the sound of your refrigerator, from your mom walking across the hall. You know, you don't want those nuances in the back. So mm-hmm. definitely have some headphones and to eliminate the sound. <laughs> now, like, like I'll go back to that tech, the technology aspect. I know that, like, 
um, in, in the past when I would interview, um, cause again, you know, most of your first round interviews would be on a phone call with like HR that may last for like 15 minutes that they're just getting some basic background information about you for, for a position. And I remember like always having like being able to call or, or having my friend call my phone in the location where I was going to take the interview so that I can make sure that they can, they, they hear me well through the phone. And so it's like the same thing kind of applies here, right? If you know that you're going to be like virtually interviewing, you want to make sure you're like in advance testing that your camera is clean, (laughs) you know, (laughs) testing that wherever you're going to interview, you can see because there's light, like the person, they'll be able to see you on the camera and, and then similarly, like I, I know for work, I'm one of those people that I will log in a video, but I'll use my phone as, um, my audio. I won't use the computer as the audio. Mm. And so like, if, if, if that's the instance as well, you want to make sure that your service is being picked up wherever it is that, um, you're, 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 you'll be taking this interview. So it's just like all of those in uh, advanced preparatory items. Is that even a word preparatory? <laughs> all of those preparation <laughs> items. You want to make sure that you're, you've done that. Um, in addition to making sure you take out your outfit, um, all of those things that you can do in advance so that that day that you're interviewing, everything is smooth. You don't want to have to yes. be worrying about, oh my God, why my Wi-Fi don't work? Oh my God, I forgot <laughs> to pay my phone bill. Move out so, the ring with your shirt. Right? <laughs> I got to go iron. All the above. So, and, it's, and it's very easy. Correct. It's very right, easy because we're home. We will, you know, it's very easy for us to kind of get into that method of just saying, okay, I have enough time because I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to commute anywhere. And so you factor in those things and think that you have a significant amount of time to really prepare for these interviews. But the reality of it is, is even though you may have additional time, the time can, can, can go really quickly. And it, you just don't want to be in that rushed state while you're on camera trying to get an interview through. Certainly, certainly. So that's all great, great insight. Thank you for sharing that, ladies. And um, hopefully our students or... We're here to serve. I'm sorry? (laughs) I said we're here to serve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to the black woman. Oh. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I think that those are all very great tips and tools. Hopefully our students um, or those entering the workforce now... um, can be able to leverage that for the foreseeable future. I mean, I think we're adjusting to a new norm. So who, who's to say, you know, mm-hmm. either interviews just remain, you know, virtual for now, or if we're going to see that moving forward until, you know, I don't know, life after this pandemic. Um, so we've talked about the interview and we've touched on what you can do to have a successful one. Uh, fast forward, you know, our students or whoever's been interviewing out there does um, happen to get a job or get an offer um, and they start <clears throat> maintaining professionalism. And so um, at home, you know, well, actually, well, there's, there's two parts to that. Uh, maintaining professionalism in this virtual corporate office um, and then also maintaining professionalism in your own personal life and at home um, as you're working virtually. So I'd love to touch on the first part, maintaining professionalism in, in an environment, you know, you know, it's one thing being black in corporate America and being in, in a physical office and dealing with everything that comes with that, um, right? 
And so now all of that is virtual. So maybe things like microaggressions are different or maybe things are left for a lot of interpretation because now you're you know probably speaking more through through email versus being able to to gauge a person's intention, tone, X, Y, and Z in person. Um, so I'd love for you to all touch on ways that you can be um, professional or maintaining professional while being black um, in a virtual corporate America. Okay. Awesome. So I, I, I picked the, I started the last question. I'm going to let you start this one. Cassandra. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> I say number one, I mean, it's pretty basic, but have a signature line in your email. Every time you send an email, uh, make sure you send that out because that shows professionalism. Um, there's so like, nothing what? worse than getting an email. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you mean like the, like with your name? Just yeah, with your name, your phone number, oh, okay. things of that okay. nature. Um, just mm-hmm. so it's readily available for the individual who you are contacting because they may mm-hmm. not be savvy in finding your information on the internal portal or things of that nature. And plus, it looks really better. That's a it looks better. Point. If somebody sends me an email and they put a dash in their first name, I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Ma'am, sir? The reality is, right... Reality is, is that like when we were at in the office, like our like signatures may have had our office phone, like the you know our landline phone in the office or whatever. Um, and now like we have you know quickly and sporadically moved to all being at home. It's just like outside of email, how do I call you? What is your? Some of us don't have like I know personally, I'd rather not have a work phone, but in this instance, I'd rather have a work phone because. I don't need y'all blowing up my personal cell phone, but, <laughs> but like, you know, that's actually, that's actually a really good point because it's almost like, how do I contact you in this pandemic? Right. <laughs> because some things may be, um, you need to expedite some things and that person may need to get to you quicker. Email is slow. We mm-hmm. don't know how your internet connection, you might have that Teddy Riley internet Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we want to be mindful <laughs> that. Uh, so I think that would be an excellent point. And also check yourself, you know, if somebody sends you an email, and you immediately feel an emotion. Check your emotion. Like, is it right? Is it right now the good time for me to send an email? Because when you send an email in your emotion, your emotion is going to show in your email, and that can be a, a a total disruption within the communication you have with that individual. That communication from that individual can then go to your boss, so on and so forth. We don't want to start up that kind of trail. So, check your emotion mm-hmm. at the door prior to sending that email. If you do draft it, delete. Please delete the person's um, email address before you respond. Keep everything blank, the to, the go, the CC. When you're ready, read the email again when you're out of your emotion and then send it. Mm-hmm. Nice, I nice. I, I, I think for me, all of us can do. <laughs> oh, certainly, definitely, definitely me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for me, you know, one thing that first comes to mind is just stay. I hate to say stay woke, stay aware in terms of, you know, my first thing that comes to mind is our meetings. Um, And so you want to make sure, again, similar to the interviews, you don't have anything crazy um, in the background. Um, Vice versa, you know, know when your camera is on or off. I think we've seen some very, very painfully awkward moments (laughs) online where you see people uh, maybe doing things they shouldn't be doing because they think their camera's off in the middle of a meeting. Um, or even just the sound. I mean, if you're going to use the restroom, use the restroom away from your computer and make sure it's still on mute, things like that. Um, the same thing with preparing for meetings, you know, you want to make sure that you're still at these meetings early. Um, it's better safe than sorry. You know, I think most calls, they'll allow you to enter whatever meeting room five minutes prior. 
<clears throat> and so you want to make sure you attempt to get into those meetings early so that in case there are any technical issues, you can reach out to whoever to say, hey, I've tried before the meeting rather than trying to jump in at nine or, you know, the meeting starts at nine, nine or five, you're having internet issues. Um, you could have probably tried to address that beforehand. Um, communication. And so, you know, things that I'm personally someone who likes, you know, not having to ping or send emails. I'd ra- much rather meet people in person, especially if it's a one-off question. Um, but here, I think it's a science to learn what to email and what to ping someone. Um, you know, now given that, you know, everyone's <clears throat> virtual, it's just like, there's just a lot more emails. There's a lot more pings, there's a lot more meetings. And so you want to be mindful of, um, bombarding someone with either pinging them, like sending them a personal message or versus sending, um, an email. So I think it's, it's good to know your versus calling as well. Like yeah. call, there's some things that is like, if I'm starting to write something out in an email or in a, or in an instant message that mm-hmm. becomes an essay, I really probably should pick up the phone and call you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody try to read no essays. <laughs> really no, yeah. it, like it's at the time. <laughs> And that's a good point. I think that that comes, you know, I, I have to say it, it does come with experience. And, and again, I was about to mention knowing your audience, like knowing who, who you're speaking to and how they want to be communicated with. Um, and if you do make that call, you know, try to ping and say, hey, may I call? You know what I mean? Rather than just right, exactly. <laughs> rather than just blowing up someone's phone, uh, you know, exactly. at random. Um, so just be mindful of those things. Uh, and those I think that's my insight in terms of making sure you're still staying professional. Um, in um, the office. Yeah. So I guess my only thing is that, so I think you guys had brought up some really, really good points, um, that I think all of us, regardless of level, um, can, can really utilize in maintaining our own professionalism, professionalism at home. I guess my question or, and the way I will answer is for those students that this is their first time, right? So whether or not this is their first intern, summer internship that they're now doing at home, Um, and, or, you know, they're just starting out in the workforce that they may not, you know, have some of those, uh, experiences that, um, you know, will allow for, for them to truly understand either, um, how things are being come off or, or whether or not they are under, on the right path, so to speak, like, in that instance, right, where if this was my first time going into corporate America, what do I do? <laughs> right? Especially as a Black individual in corporate America. Right. I think that, Bobby, you kind of touched on that a little bit. From a microaggression standpoint, you might feel a relief from that, right? Because um, you don't, you know, the, those kind of one-off conversations are really minimal. They're, they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually I'm connecting with someone generally that is, you know, scheduled, we have an agenda, hopefully, and some other things. But like, if I am a new intern, like, how am I going to ensure success um, this summer, so that hopefully I secure a um, full-time offer or another internship for the next summer, right? Um, And so for me, I think that there there are a couple of things that I would think through, right? Number one, is setting those expectations up or, or like understanding what your expectations look like um, with your managers up front or whoever it is that you will report to your supervisor or whatever that is. Right. And so you don't have, so if I, if I think about when I was an intern, how many years ago, 
Um, <laughs> and and I worked on a yeah three years three years that's right three years don't three lie. years ago. Um, and I worked on a audit client because I was an assurance intern at a public accounting firm where I sat at the client. There, you got to learn a lot because you can see what was happening. You can listen it. Like, it's almost like you can eavesdrop and hear all the things everybody else is talking about. Um, and you start pulling things. No, really. You start like, I still do that now. <laughs> Especially if I'm oh. new in a new, at a new company. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Because until, until I fully learn and understand what, what, what is happening around me, I can only just listen, listen in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you now no longer have that. Right. You might have a touch point. You might, especially if you have a senior as your supervisor, you think about if, if you sat in that senior role, you know what it's like to be a senior. Now, imagine you're a senior with interns that you don't see. <laughs> it's very it can be very out of sight, out of mind. Right. So if I'm that intern now, how do I turn that around to um, ensure that I am connected with my senior? I'm making sure that you know, whatever they need, they're looking towards me and they're saying, intern, you've been awesome. I want to give you this um, to do because so far since the time that you've been here, you've been really engaged regardless of where we are from a pandemic standpoint. Oh, that's an excellent intern. Right, exactly. So how do you become the excellent intern? So I'm thinking, you know, making sure that you have those, expect, like the work expectations clear, right? If you have if you're assigned something, right, how understanding how long that specific assignment should take to complete, right? Or if you are, um, you know, and, and, and doing that constant follow-up with your senior to make sure that you're, you guys are still on the same page because you can't, you no longer have the opportunity to just go to their desk and be like, this is what I've done so far. What do you think? You know, now you got to set up a meeting or you got to, you know, try to ping them or try to get on a phone call with them right, to right. then share your screen to, <laughs> to then be oh. like, this is what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? And so like those nuances can make it very difficult. And it, it I think for me, it would also have me questioning myself, right? Am I like not picking the stuff up that I should be picking up, right? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Because yeah. because it's like a whole different world when you're in public accounting. So I guess for my my question is that in under that same tone, if we really focused our answers to our brand new students or brand new young professionals that um, are going into corporate America, what would that look like? So if you could, and you know, rephrase the question so again we're going back to maintaining professionalism while working trying to secure the bag for the next summer yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what does that look like to stand out as an intern yeah (laughs) so outside of the ones that i thought of like obviously having those kind i always said also like i'm a big notebook person as you're like going into meetings and stuff making sure you're like you like try to connect the dots with a lot of different things um so that um you can you know start to understand how things are kind of flowing together either at the company or at your client um but yeah like it's it's okay i think yeah I think I, I think I'm following. So I think what you can begin to do as an intern, of, of course, is yes, continue to take your notes. But a lot of companies have internal uh, websites that they that house a lot of previous um, documents as it relates to if it's an audit or you know if you're if you're an accountant, you're doing bookkeeping, things of that nature. Try to get acclimated to what they've done in the past to see 
how one you can learn from that two how you can make it better and more efficient um because it's it's not it's nothing worse than having um uh an intern doing something that's old and it's obvious that it's old and you know it's it's slowing you down mm-hmm. as a result and it will also affect your evaluation you know try to think of different ways you can do things that's why people get interns because you're fresh you're fresh in the industry you have good eyes things of that nature um another thing and you might be more technological savvy technological correct. savvy correct yeah. and, it, uh, and i mean not to negate because i'm technology savvy you know i'm a little older you know not to negate <laughs> that but <laughs> i that i think I that would be key was older. um to do that. Huh, what was that i didn't know 24 was older Moving on, moving on, moving on. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so be mindful of that. Um, ask your whoever your your superior boss, so be it, who they are, what they will evaluate you on. Mm-hmm. You know, and being on time is key. <laughs> Number one, professionalism. Being on time is key. Um, and when I mean on time, I mean at least fifteen minutes mm-hmm. in advance. Um, just like Bobby stated. Or even Jessica stated, when you have your interviews, log on prior to the actual time. Um, and maybe I'm trying to think. Oh, another thing is, say I don't know. If somebody mm-hmm. says, "Hey, can you do X, Y, and Z?" But I don't know how to use Excel. That's fine, <laughs> because a lot of times we expect students, especially coming out of college, to know Excel, and a lot of times that's not accurate. You know, right. some people don't know basic formulas in Excel. If you say, I don't know how to do it, I don't know how to sort or filter, mm-hmm. that will show that you are humble enough to to expose your weaknesses, your flaws. So, and then ask, know, like, what can I do to learn, right? Because the exactly. firm might have something that, like, a class that you might be able to take, you know, outside of client time to help you, um, you know, learn that Excel, right? And so if that if that's something that you say, okay, you know, I'm not really that strong, and that's, that's an area of opportunity for me. Um, I may need to, you know, take some Excel classes that, you know, whoever your supervisor might be able to say, okay, here is a listing of, you know, things that the firm might offer that you might want to sit in on so that you can get that skill to where it needs to be. I would, I would add, um, two things. One being as prepared as possible. Um, so I think, you know, just like you touched on doing whatever you need to research, you need to know, uh, about a meeting beforehand, or if not, you know, asking your supervisor, your senior, hey, you know, may I know what the agenda is and giving them ample time. So it's one thing to ask your senior supervisor five minutes before the meeting, hey, what's this meeting about? Versus if you if you check your calendar ahead of time, and you set some time with your manager or your reviewer, or whoever's above you, like, hey, I saw this meeting on Thursday. May I know what that's about? I saw this meeting tomorrow. Um, may I know what that that is about? Or <clears throat> Um, so that way, you, you know, you have, you have, you're prepared as possible for said meetings. Um, and two, you know, and I'm making it three things Two, always, you know, especially with meetings, when we're talking about standing out in internships, ask as educated as possible questions as you can, you know, and, and make sure that you're involved in these meetings in some way, shape or form. Now, if it's client facing for those in public accounting, maybe touch on with your, you know, your, your team first. Um, but if it's an internal meeting or if you're in the industry, um, you know, and you want to you have a question or at least add some kind of value to the conversation that's at hand. And I think that one key thing, and this is more so a, a lesson in life, is that when you ask people questions, show that you've done that research beforehand. So if you're going to ask a question about, I don't know, controls, hey, about this control, I, you know, I looked into whatever 
portal about controls and it said X, Y, and Z, how does it pertain mm-hmm. to maybe this meeting or what we're talking about? It impresses everyone. And when I say this is just in life, that it's a, your questions are received a lot better when you show that you've at least done the, the work on your end uh, to, to, to understand something. And that this question is more so to supplement whatever you've done on, on your end to educate yourself on whatever you're asking. I'm so I think, supplement. I'm sorry. I know, right? SAT word. I'm smart. Hey. <laughs> um, so I, I think that is, is definitely something that will help you stand apart is to make sure you're prepared as possible for each meeting. Um, give your supervisors or um, whoever's reviewing you or, you know, things like that or evaluating you enough time to inform you on things, whether to educate you on teaching you Excel, X, Y, and Z. Again, like you mentioned, Cassandra, like if you're going to mention that you don't know, mention that you don't know way ahead of time of your deadline before, you know, mm-hmm. some yep. people not really like, oh, by the way, I don't know how to use Excel. And it's like, come on, really? Uh, it's okay. By the way, I type with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> So. Oh, oh my goodness, a week—that's hilarious. But I think that I think Cassandra, you also mentioned something that I was trying to get to as well. It's um, ensuring that you understand how you your performance will be evaluated, right? Because at the end of the day, right, we're all gonna get a performance evaluation, whether you're a summer intern, whatever it is. And so, if you have a good understanding of how that performance um, will be evaluated, then you can figure out what your end goal is, and then kind of back into it, right? And so, making sure that the work that you're doing will um, you know, complement or supplement, no, not supplement, complement your, um, <laughs> performance evaluation. Um, so that, you know, that, you know, at the, at the end of whatever the term is or your internship, you can say that I have, uh, completed all of these things that will allow me to have a really good performance evaluation. I agree. Performance evaluations are key to, um, as well as it relates to salary. So let's say, for instance, they say, hey, you've been a great in, uh, intern, things of that nature. We're going to offer you this amount of money. Now, the amount of money that they give you is actually dependable, depends on your evaluation. Mm-hmm. So if you are a good, they'll give you a good salary. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if your evaluation was excellent, they'll give you an excellent salary. So be mindful of that. Um, if you are a person who always chasing the bag or who always needs the extra money, more money than usual, be mindful of how great you are. Good is good, I, but excellent is excellent. I always, I always need that extra. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So you know, okay. you know that my performance. <laughs> I can't. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, so no, yeah, I think these are, these are all things that can help us be overachievers like, uh, Jessica and Cassandra here. So all, all good, uh, um, good insight. Uh, I think so we've touched on good things today. We've touched on how to, uh, prepare, especially our students or aspiring, you know, professionals or those entering the workforce, how to prepare, um, you know, prepare for interviews and how to best prepare themselves to get in the door. Um, we've touched on how to maintain <clears throat> professionalism um, in the in the virtual workspace, and I think lastly, I'd li- like to quickly touch on how to maintain professionalism in our personal lives. You know, so I know some of the advice, and I guess I can start some of the advice I've seen out there that has been solid has been, you know, making sure that you actually still get dressed for work. You know, and 
making sure that though you're not leaving your house, you still have maintained that routine of maybe grabbing breakfast, whether it be at home or if you need to go out and grab something to eat and then pretend like you're coming into your office. Those that have, you know, workspaces or these living spaces where they can separate that out in terms of having a room for work, do that. You know, I, I know some people can get complacent and saying, hey, I'm going to work from bed. You know, they literally <laughs> wake up, roll over and log on. Um, but I personally tried actually not doing that. And it's a world of difference being able to log on and how you feel from your bed versus being, you know, getting up, taking a shower, getting dressed and sitting at a desk ready to go. Um, it definitely does start my day well. Um, or at least on a better note, that translates better into the day. So I know it can be a luxury, you know, I guess all this virtual working where some days you're just like, you can actually get up and and log on. But if you still can maintain that sense of consistency in terms of your schedule, it's something I've found helpful when it comes to maintaining professionalism in my personal life. So I'd love to get any insight on your end. Um, Is there something you all do? For me, um, trying to keep your hours consistent. I know that it's not necessarily, I know depending on where you are and, um, what your, uh, you know, assignments are, it might not be consistent every week, but I try to keep consistent working hours. Right. Um, because that then kind of has me in a place where I can say that, all right, from nine to six, nine to whatever I'm working, then I can, at the end of that day, then I can shut down my computer. That's the other thing. Turn off your computer um, <laughs> and then move towards whatever else I need to do for the rest of the day. Um, that is uh, That has helped very much so because one of the, I think the pitfalls and one of the reasons why I personally never liked to work from home, um, although now I have to, um, was that I always felt like I worked a whole lot more because my day wasn't consistent. I didn't have that commute that would break up the day or I didn't have, you know, how, whatever it is that, that separation between home and office. Um, and so that's something that I know that I do every day. I just make sure that like I'm on by nine. Sometimes I'm off at five, depending on the day. Most times it's six. (laughs) But after that, um, that's the end of the workday, right? And I'm not going to use, um, you know, I have the luxury of also having multiple different PCs. So I'm not going to, you know, if I need to do something for NABA or for something else, I will turn off the work computer as you should and go on my personal computer because you shouldn't be doing, you know, personal stuff on your work computer. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say anything other than that. (laughs) Um, but, But yeah, so... Because then, you know, I've fallen into that trap as well of being able to, of just using one computer and just end up, and then my boss would be like, why you was on so late last night? I was like, oh, you know, I was looking at something but really he was working on something else. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that definitely helps. Having, you know, being able to kind of shut down my work computer and also maintaining a consistent schedule throughout the day. Yeah. Well, if you guys didn't know, you'll know today that I am a pro. April, are rolling out of the bed into my computer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I I vow to do better. I, I I have. I get out at least thirty minutes prior to my start time. I'm just being transparent. But do, oh, don't be, like, be better. <laughs> be better. Be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I think it's imperative. Like emergencies happen. Um, as Jessica said, you want to have concrete hours. You know, set hours throughout the week. 
but something were to happen within the core hours of your business, yeah. it's important that you contact not only your manager, but everyone you are working along with. Mm-hmm. Um, because if something happens and they need to get to you quickly, but you're unresponsive, that one shows that obviously you're not there, but you may have emergencies. So it's kind of hard to talk out of things after it already happened. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're proactive in advance, you already told them what the situation is and they can expect that um, going forward. Another thing that I will say is to sit in the area that has open lighting. Yes. Light, yes. light, light, light is key. If you have, let's say you have a balcony, open that balcony um, door, open the window, get some fresh air mm-hmm. because you can, um, you not lose your mind, but you can get to a point where you, you need to breathe. Like, let, let's be real. And, mm-hmm. and you, we're not as active as we were in the office going to the restroom talking to employees at our cubicles or at the desk and things of that nature. So you're going to be alone. So have that kind of, that open space and that light just to give you energy. Vitamin C is key. Drink your orange juice too. Take your vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will help maintain professionalism. The reason why I say that, even though it sounds a little off, it will bring professionalism because your emotions, you're more happier. Um, sure. You're more lively. For sure. So, yeah. 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 The one other thing that I wanted to add on, um, that as you were saying, Cassandra, that it pinged, like when you were talking about like um, making sure everyone understands, like if you have to leave where you are, like take time off. Like we're not going to be able to go anywhere probably for the next year. We all got PTO. I don't know how much of your PTO you're going to be able to roll roll over. But like sometimes you just need to take time off because it's a lot, right? We're everybody, we're all dealing with a lot of different things. Um, you know, from the pandemic, from the movement, from, you know, your own personal stuff, you might have, you might have pre-kindergartners like I do that just scream all day. Like, you know, you know, take the time off. Like I remember there was one day that I just could not, like I, it was the day that I literally was like, I cannot and I pinged my, my, my manager first and then the folks that I was working with. And I was like, listen, after afternoon, I'm going to be offline. And he was like, why? And I was like, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> that was it. I didn't need no other explanation. I said, I am tired and I'm going to go take a nap and I'm going to go do nothing for the rest of the day. And he was like, all right, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, we, I think we, at this point, if we, if you never knew about compassion or, or before to, for your fellow man, I'm hoping that COVID <laughs> has leveled the playing field so that we all can be compassionate towards each other because it is, it is, it's a lot and it's very difficult. Um, and so to continuously try to, you know, not even just overperform, just, just perform in a way without, you know, seeming like what's happening in the world around us isn't, isn't impacting us is false. It's inauthentic. And at the end of the day, like we all eventually will need to take some time off to kind of get back into that mental space where you can operate effectively. So that would be my other thing. If you can take your little mental health day, or I like to call it sicko work day, (laughs) my SOW day. Um, and just kind of re regroup yourself so that you can bring your best foot forward, you know, all the time. Now I'm not saying that you could take a sick of work day every other day. I'm just saying that in that time <laughs> where it actually comes up, <laughs> if you need a sick of work day every other day, you need to reevaluate some stuff. But, <laughs> but when you have, when you get to that point where you just like, I cannot, like, it's okay for you to be like, all right, maybe I need to step away for a minute 
and get it back together so that I can, you know, continuously put my best foot forward. Definitely. <clears throat> wow. Ladies, we've, we've, we've unpacked a, <clears throat> a lot of things here and I hope that, um, all this insight can definitely benefit, uh, especially our students, um, those either either looking for internships, entering internships, or those who might be in grad school, or even those who are looking for an opportunity. We hope um, uh, what we've talked on in terms of adjusting to the new virtual corporate America um, is beneficial for you all. Um, so usually we round out we round out our our, pod, our podcast by you know discussing key takeaways, and so. I definitely have learned, you know, one one of my key takeaways is just, you know, always staying prepared. And and then I think something that I've learned, especially recently, that Jessica touched on was taking care of your mental health. You know, uh, make sure that you do spend some time to yourself or take days off that you need. Because um, I know in previous podcasts, we might have touched on just sometimes some of the social unrest that's going on. You know, obviously, the anxiety of the pandemic and just everything that's going on, you know, it, anxiety and emotions are at an all time high. So make sure you uh, one thing I learned from this this specific episode is just make sure you take the time um, to yourself um, and you use that PTO that's allotted to you to to refresh uh, and get back to it. So, how about you, uh, Cassandra, yep. Cassandra, Jessica? Any one one key takeaway from today's episode? Hmm. Through it all, through and through, just remain optimistic. You know, mm-hmm. yes, you're not in the office, but optimism goes a long way. It certainly yeah, does. It certainly okay. does. <laughs> I'm a piggyback off of what you said, Bobby. Stay ready so you don't gotta get ready. I love it. Oh, <laughs> a new quote. Watch out now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, ladies, this this has been fun. Um, and thank you so much for joining the podcast. For those listening, whether it's your first time, we hope you enjoyed it. For our continued listeners, thank you so so much for supporting. Uh, this platform, Napa Metro DC. Um, And once again, thank you. This is Accounting for Us, and we'll see you on the next episode.